There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who have chiseled good looks. In their joinery, Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's episode number 538, and on today's show, we're talking about woodworking and mental health. Wrong show for that one. Uh, a mox and vice as your only vice. Why a quick release mechanism doesn't exist for table saw blades and tools that have been in storage. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler's been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler's giving away a $250 gift card to one lucky Wood Talk listener. Enter for your chance to win before October 31st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. That's a trick or treat right there. Go into any Rockler, say trick or treat, trick or treat, and get a $250 gift card. I'm here for my gift card. (laughs) Give me my gift card. (laughs) We should try that and see if it works. That's like the full size candy bars. Mm-hmm. $250 gift, gift cards. Got to go to yeah. the good neighborhood for that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this dead air is brought to you by Matt Cremona. Uh, <laughs> Matt's sponsored by Cremona. Hashtag Matt's fault. It was Matt's fault. Yet again. <laughs> hey. If you want to help support the show, you can do so. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show. Who should we thank? We should thank these nice people. We got Scott Hughes, Alex at Duffy Woodcraft, Ross Alexander, and Patrick Kohler. All right. All, all right. Yeah, awkward silence is kind of used to be your trademark thing, and you've stopped doing that, and it's uh, confusing to me. I've been, you know, I'm slacking, you know, I was not feeling myself, you know, or something. <laughs> I don't Definitely know. not yourself. Too talkative. You've okay. changed. Yeah, okay, you've, you've changed. changed so much. That's <laughs> what you really want in you a podcast. You look older. You really want you that in a podcast. You notice older? Me? I did 15 years ago? No, no. I look the I same. Know. I look exactly the same. I don't know what people are talking about. Yeah. Liar. It's not gray hair. It's a problem. Uh, it's frosted highlights. <laughs> it's sawdust and uh, cream cheese. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, it's a dining table episode. That means we are going to uh, pass the, the meat and potatoes around. Everybody's going to take a, a nice heaping spoonful, throw it on their plate, and we're going to talk about 
a topic that's uh, just kind of a general discussion thing. This one was actually uh, inspired by Patrick. He sent in an email and I thought it would be, I don't really know how much we have to say about this, but I thought it would be a good thing to discuss. Uh, Patrick says, greetings, not a question, but a big thanks to Mark, Shannon and Matt for all you do for the community. Uh, Well, over a year ago, I was burnt out and at my wits end between being a first responder during COVID. uh, Thank you for that, by the way, Patrick. Uh, Having a newborn at this time, health issues with my mother, and just normal day-to-day. A buddy hearing me stressed out suggested doing woodworking again um, as I used to make random stuff and do my own housing remodels, and thank God I did. It's been huge. My mood improved just by going into the shop and making small items. Between that and listening to Wood Talk on my long drives to work and going back to looking through YouTube videos, I took a long break, but old fan and love Mark's books. It's made my world just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, made my world just to have that joyful release. Woodworking and shop time is just amazing for mental health. Thanks again for all you do. Keep up the great work, Patrick. So thank you again, Patrick. Appreciate the email and appreciate you uh, being a first responder. Can't imagine how, how difficult that must have been the past couple of years. Um, so all that said, you know, I got to say I've heard, I'm not, not even speaking of myself, people who are in very stressful jobs, uh, difficult, maybe had a stressful job. Um, especially veterans uh, who find woodworking as a uh, release. Rob Costman's Purple Heart program uh, is an amazing thing. And I've met some great guys uh, with, uh, he has like a master's meetup sort of thing that I got to take part in once and started uh, talking to these guys who I now follow on Instagram who are doing great things with their woodworking businesses. Um, And it is just amazing to see that the unifying thing for a lot of these people is the the sort of peace of mind that, that they get from the craft of woodworking. So I don't know if either of you have any personal stories with this or any anything that you could relate to how woodworking sort of represents that kind of uh, inner peace that it might bring us outside of all the content creation. Let's not talk about that. That's the stressful part. But the woodworking <laughs> itself, right? It, well, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it feels it feels kind of silly because, um, like you, Mark, I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of PTSD sufferers, uh, veterans. Um, a lot of first responders, doctors, I mean, real stress folks, not like I had a, you know, a tough commute, (laughs) not like I leave long gaps of silence in my podcast kind of stress. Right. Yeah. So I mean, (laughs) I've, and, and I've actually been, had several people forward, um, studies and things to me about like what woodworking and knitting can do for, um, specifically PTSD, Mm -hmm. um, and how it it turns on parts of the brain and kind of quiets the other part of the brain that, 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 that is triggered by the PTSD. So there's actually been quite a bit of studies and it's actually a lot of the same mechanism that uh, comes around like musical therapy as well. Um, Many of you know, I have degrees in music. My wife has degrees in music and is actually doing something with her degrees in music. Um, and very, very therapeutic there. So, I, I say all that to say that I have experienced it in a physical manifestation. Um, a lot of times when things get really stressful for me at work or something like that, it manifests itself in the form of um, migraine headaches. That is the very clear, uh, you know, indicator for me that there's, there's a lot of stress going on and going into the shop kills it every single time. Hmm. Um, and a lot of times, I mean, and maybe one of the things that got me into hand tools itself was, 
you know, going into the shop with a headache and turning on the dust collector and the table saw was not my idea of fun. Yeah. So it was like, I needed to be moving around. I needed to be doing something. I found that, that some kind of physical activity helped alleviate the, the headache pain faster than just sitting on the couch in a dark room. Um, you know, I've discovered more recently since I started getting back into shape that just blood flow, increased blood flow helps a lot of that stuff. Hmm. But being able to just kind of focus on something um, just kind of quiets the mind, I think, more than anything else. So, yeah, knowing knowing that I can't even like begin to fathom the stress that some of the people that we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like me commenting on how to raise a kid. Like, I'm not the person you want to talk to about this. Um, so, yeah, I, I have I've seen it in my own very, very small way. Yeah. Matt, hey, do you remember when you used to woodwork? Think back to <laughs> the time. It's dark time. <laughs> did uh, did you ever seek out woodworking or, or find any kind of like that sort of fulfillment and and peace that comes with it? I hate I hate to say it, but content creation kind of killed it for me. Yeah, really? Oh, that's a shame. Well, I just like if I'm going to be like in the shop making something, it means I'm working. Yeah, it means I'm, you know, pulling a camera around with me and framing shots <laughs> the old ball and chain and not like just going through a process of running through it it's stopping after every single little tiny step to move a camera mm. or rethink what's going on reframe something <laughs> to explain what you're doing yeah oh yes yeah so that so it's not really like woodworking hasn't really been my like mental release yeah. for a long time but there are still things that i can do like wood related that kind of do that for me mm-hmm so anything I'm not going to film right. kind of falls into that realm, <laughs> yeah. which is not going to be a project. Sure. But I find great peace in just going on the shop and making stickers for stacking wood. Because mm -hmm. all I'm doing is slamming little pieces of wood through the planer or through the saw or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, at least I'm outside. I'm making some sawdust. I can actually feel like, oh, I'm just running some wood through a machine. That's like a nice little mental release for me. Yeah. I think um, you should film that. I would like to watch a video of you doing that. We're just trying to kill any last joy in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, film the whole thing and then also explain what kind of well, blade you're using. People have been asking about a video on stickers for a while. I'm like, ah, every single time, I'm like, I should do that video. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm no. It's my one maybe last should, thing. Leave it alone. Maybe you should just Please lean don't. into it and start doing like stop motion animation for your videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make it even more work. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Saying. Great you know, idea. It's not a stress release now, but if you like really lean into it, it could get to the point where it kind of comes full circle mm -hmm. and now it's a stress relief. Interesting. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Probably Report not. back. <laughs> Give it a no, try. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, the next Shannon, episode, <laughs> Shannon, you touched on something that like really, uh, it, it, it's a good way to frame it. At least it makes sense for me. Um, I, I tend to be a very high stress, high anxiety individual. I don't have any right to be, I haven't earned it. It's just in my nature to run around <laughs> thinking that most of the things it. I come into contact with are trying to kill me. And, and I suffer <laughs> with like a lot of anxiety around that. And one of the things that I do to kind of combat that is practicing this concept of mindfulness. Um, whereas my natural instinct, let's say I'm washing dishes, just a simple task at home my instinct is to focus on anything but washing those dishes. I'm thinking about my health. I'm thinking about my kids' health. I'm thinking about money. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the, the lawn that needs to be mowed, um, whatever it is. But with mindfulness, the goal is to simply just think about washing the, the dishes. That's all you're there to do. 
Uh, think about the the feeling of the water on your hands. Is it the right temperature? Think about the soap, all that stuff. Um, and then also this goes into meditation practice and things that I try to to do as well. Um, but that sort of mindfulness is, I think, one of the keys, and, and you touched on it, Shannon, is in the shop, being able to focus singularly on that task. And it's it's very clear what the job is. It's very clear what the end goal is. And that's all you need to think about while you're in there. And I've, I've got to imagine that's like at the core of why it is so uh, peaceful to people and why it is so therapeutic uh, to a lot of people is because it just, it's all you have to think about it. If you want to do it well, it's about all you can think about is that one thing. Um, and yeah. it's a, a reprieve from other things that might be in your head at that time. I think um, wood turning specifically, uh, I've, I've seen this myself because um, I mean, you just, you stand in one spot, you know, you hold the tool like right in front of you and you get really focused on like one square inch yeah. Um, but then I've also heard from, again, the people who have earned <laughs> the need to right. be stressed that wood turning specifically is one that really helped them um, because it is, it's, it's the ultimate in mindfulness. You know, mm -hmm. you're hyper-focused on that, that skew chisel and that little bead you're trying to roll or whatever. Um, yeah. I think you might be able to say the same for like wood carving or whatever in a, um, in a less high RPM spinny wheel of death type thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that, Patrick. That was a great thought invoking question. Appreciate you sending it in. And I want to let you know about our sponsor, Rockler. I'm going to you do know it who right else now. is stressed? Rockler this yeah. time of year. Actually, you know who else brings a lot of peace? <laughs> Rockler. Damn, I missed it, guys. I, kinda, I could have had a good one there, too. And you know, we have editing. That's what editing's no. for. No, we are uh, right to the hydro hard drive on this one. We don't, uh, we don't edit. <laughs> we can't anything. afford as that. You can what are you talking about? As, as you guys can tell. We edit for like uh, just making the voices sound good and cutting off the beginning and the end. The voices sound good? <laughs> wow. As good as they can. Well, I got to get that service. <laughs> well, look, I still sound like crap. You can only polish a turd so much, man. Just. Yeah, you can keep going, man. Because the things shine. <laughs> shine Make me shine. Eventually, there's nothing left. Shine it too hard. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rockler, you guys know this, right? Rockler's a family-owned business that's been around since 1954. They're known for their proprietary products, which help woodworkers create with confidence. Some of the newest innovative products include Rockler's Deluxe Panel Clamps, which include rigid, solid steel calls that sandwich your panel, keep it nice and flat. Delicious. Mm -hmm. Rockler's new AM-FM Stereo Wireless Speaker Kit, which provides AM-FM Stereo. Wait, who listens to AM-FM anyway? Wait, what? <laughs> Is the people I was that? just thinking that. <laughs> Is that a thing still? Okay. All right. It's cool. Oh. For some people it is. Okay. Uh, full stereo sound and connection to any Bluetooth device or connection via a mini jack input. That's actually really, really handy. I wouldn't mind having some of that in this office right now. And Rockler's Dust Right Clamp Hose Holders. Yeah, it's, it's getting a little tricky to say here. Clamping hose holders, <laughs> which clamp your two and a half inch dust hose right where you need it. <laughs> And uh, you just give it a little quick squeeze. It grabs on there. Great for dust collection in awkward spots. Um, find all the innovative products at rockler.com or in Rockler stores. And again, we'll have some of those uh, links in our show notes if you want to check out uh, the deluxe panel clamp, the wireless speaker kit. Oh, hey, Lord. you know what? Great gift there. You want to make somebody a sweet little gift? We, we went to a car show. Um, Jason does this car show thing every year. They had an auction. And one of the things they had was a Bluetooth speaker that was all painted up. Uh, with the car club's name on it and stuff like that. That was one of the the, the the things that went the highest in this auction. It was a charity auction, um, was this Bluetooth speaker. And that's just something I think anybody would would love to get. So 
Uh, we talked about handmade gifts in the last episode. That's a cool handmade gift to give somebody. Go check it out. Anyway, sorry. The, the whole moral of that that ad read was: if you're in an awkward spot, give it a quick squeeze. <laughs> That's all you need think, to do. I think HR might have something to say about that. I was going to say, it just depends on who you're squeezing. Let's not encourage that. Maybe not. All right. Well, we got some questions today. And uh, I'll go first. Got one here from Ben. It's another vice question. He says, uh, hey, guys, loving the show and the fact that you give real answers and try not to appease any company. Uh, this is great to do right after an ad. <laughs> right after an ad roll. Um, <laughs> I've been using more hand tools <laughs> for my woodworking projects oh, and finally going to oh build a woodworking gosh. bench. After seeing all the options stuff. for advice, uh, I came across the Moxin vice. I thought this would be a good vice to start with until I better know uh, what, that, what I actually need. Search for previous episodes, but didn't find anything about it. Would appreciate your input on maybe the pros and cons of the mocks and vice. Thanks in advance. Hey, you guys know who sells a lot of vices? Great, great woodworking vices. It would be Rockler. Are they blue? They whatever color you want, man. They got it. They got it all. They, they even okay. come in pumpkin spice color. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's perfect. All right, so let's talk moxin. Um, I actually have a moxin kit that I bought from Benchcrafted a long time ago, and I just have not like finished it. Haven't closed the deal. It's still sitting in the box, and I would like to use it someday. Um, if you're not familiar, the, the Moxin, and, and correct me, because again, I haven't put mine together. The Moxin is pretty much, you got the uh, the two little screw wheels. Think of like a twin screw vise, but there's really no chain or anything connecting them together. Um, it can be fairly simple, but it's a twin screw style. So you're going to have space between the screws and then maybe some space on the outside of the screws, depending how long you make your jaws. Uh, pretty much great for clamping panels and clamping uh, boards if you're, um, you know, edge planing, uh, things like that. Uh, if, if a moxin was the only vice, I mean, I think you could do mostly everything if it's incorporated with a set of dogs and you got a row of dogs that it can engage with. Um, I can't imagine you not being able to clamp something for just your basic woodworking needs. Would you get to a point where you might want to do something else? Maybe, or you might want a, a different type of twin screw uh, where they're both not independently uh, moving on their own. That might be something that comes into play, but do you guys see any reason why uh, for a first vice that someone would not want to go in the direction of a moxin vice? Well, I, I think the, the key component that, that you're missing in your description, Mark, is that it originally was meant to be kind of a portable vice. So yeah, it's like an accessory. It has device. a front jaw and a back jaw. Um, and then it usually goes on top of your bench or on top of your work surface and is kind of clamped in place or hold fasted in place. That was the original design that Joseph Moxon, that's where that name comes from, from from days of yore, um, came up with the whole idea. So it was popularized by Christopher Shores as like a dovetailing vice because you could set it on top of your bench and it would raise the work up enough so that you weren't like stooping over while you were cutting dovetails. What's happened is the Moxon vice has now been incorporated in a more kind of bench on bench setup and a somewhat more kind of permanent thing. You know, mm -hmm. typical woodworkers, we took a, a, a neat idea and then over-engineered it and turned it into something even bigger. So I, I, I agree. I think that it would be a great option as like a first vice just because you can always build another workbench and you've still got your moxin vice. You know, the moxin vice mm -hmm. lives on a shelf under the workbench and you pull it out whenever you need it. I myself do have the bench crafted moxin kit and I integrated it into the top of my joinery bench. 
So I just built another bench that was just, you know, substantially taller than my planing bench. Mm-hmm. And I've been using that as the front vise now for 10 years, 12 years, maybe. Um, works great. <laughs> Absolutely. That's kind of what I, I expected I, him to do from what he described. Like he's building the bench. This would not be the accessory style Moxin so much as like he's going to build it into the workbench. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I did. I drilled a couple holes in the front of the bench um, and put like a captive nut in the back. So drill the hole to slide the nut in and then just mm-hmm. thread it in the, the, the rods and it's worked fine. The only thing that I, you know, possibly thought about replacing it with was one of Andy Klein's yeah. uh, vices when he first came out with them. Um, so just beautiful. because I thought they were cool. Yeah, um, they are awesome. But, you know, the Moxon has served me so well. There's just really been no reason to to bother to try to change it. Yeah. Man, I got to put that thing together. You got the hardware just sitting there and not doing anything with <laughs> Still? it. Still? Such a ding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this question comes from David. Um, and there's a lot to this question. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to cut to the chase and say... Um, why he asks why has a quick lock release solution not been marketed or featured for table saws to replace the knuckle hating arbor nut do you think this is mainly a liability issue is it really that large of an engineering challenge he says i've thought about this many times over the years and i think mark even expressed this in the past as well i have nothing to confirm that um me either i don't change blades (laughs) um for a given purpose or even just to clean it um, oftentimes because of the labor, the interruption, the, ev- the inevitable bloody knuckles from hitting them on the edge of the throat opening when loosing the nut or beating my fist on the cast iron top after dropping the nut into the saw and dust collection for the bazillionth time. If the task were made as easy as, say, changing a jigsaw blade, it would be a huge boost to time management, maintaining concentration and limiting hindrances to manual dexterity. So why has this obvious need been so overlooked and ignored? Um, I've got one small thought on this as a guy who hasn't used a table saw in a while, but right now they're, they're essentially tightened in place with the, um, but with friction you know, you've got the, the plates that go on either side of the saw and then the nut, uh, ties it down to, to the arbor. I think if you were to use a quick release, you would probably have to change the blade itself. You would need to have some sort of like keyed aspect. Yeah, like teeth it couldn't that just pop be, in. Right. Yeah. Something in the blade itself would have to engage with the arbor um, because you you need that. If it's just a circular hole, you need that pressure on the two plates just to keep the blade from slipping. So if you're just going to use like a, like a cam lock mechanism like you would see on a jigsaw blade or something, you think of a jigsaw, there is an actual like notch in the blade that the cam engages with, that the mm-hmm. locker, the, the bar engages with, and you cam it down. To do the same thing, you would have to do something to the blade. So now you've got this proprietary arbor nut locking mechanism, and you have to have the specific blades that fit on it. That, to me, is a recipe for losing in the market. Um, yeah. Unless you get like every blade maker out there to produce a version that's compatible, which maybe you do if you're... You know, if you're if if you have the what influence over the market, but I don't know. I think that would be a really difficult uh, adaptation to push on the marketplace. Well, and I think you've got a tool here that's spinning really, really fast with a really scary blade. And the current setup with the Arbor Nut is if anything were to slip, 
the physics are tightening that arbor nut into place um, as opposed to doing something yeah. that could potentially loosen it. So I think there is that factor like, hey, this works. It's really safe. We know it to be very safe. It's kind of foolproof in that sense for the most part. So, you know, and I think notoriously a lot of power tool companies, especially in in markets where there's not been a whole lot of technology change, um, they're resistant to change. There's no reason to. They don't have any motivation to until someone like SawStop comes along and starts eating their lunch. And they're like, oh, why can't we sell any saws? It's because you didn't think of anything cool or new. <laughs> That's why. Um, so I think unless yeah. they are forced <clears throat> to come up with a better solution, they're not going to. Um, and, and this one works pretty well for what it is, although it's a pain in the butt. I think also, how often do people actually change blades? When, when you look at the entire marketplace of people who use table saws, this includes the contractors, like the, you know, all the way up to the fine woodworkers. I would think it's only really the fine woodworkers that are changing yeah. the blade that much, that are <laughs> oh, changing yeah, a dado or are changing, you know, an alternate bevel to a square grind. I mean, how many people own a square grind outside of like people who also subscribe to fine woodworking magazine, you know, yeah. I mean, most people have an alternate tooth bevel, however many, you know, whatever the blade that the came with combination the saw blade that they're using, or maybe they, yeah, they upgraded to something and they use the exact same blade until it's dull. I don't think there is a market demand for changing the blade all that much yeah. to make it easier. Um, yeah, it's true. I think so for most yeah. people it's like, uh, I don't know. They only take it off when it's completely dull and needs to be replaced or sharpened. But I, to his point, Any kind though, of interlocking mechanism. Yeah. I mean, to his point, I definitely would change my blade more if it was a faster transaction. It's just not easy to do. Sure. It takes a long time. I don't even want to bother doing it. But I think you're, you're right, Shannon. We probably represent too small of a portion of the market to even move the needle um, that it wouldn't ha really be that much of a benefit to other people. I can only imagine how much it would cost hmm. to safety test and like the underwriter's laboratory to <laughs> yeah. approve it. Like it must be a massive amount yeah. of money just to get this to market. And then there's some guy in the back, in the mm -hmm. back room, crunching the numbers saying, how many more saws are we going to sell because of this feature? And he's like, no, nah, sorry guys, this is not worth it. We're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Irv says no. Matt, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, don't tighten your nut so hard. And it won't be a big deal. Say, was that the know. show title being Mark? Because that is. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> we were thinking the exact same thing right there. <laughs> there. Nick doesn't even have to put that one in. I did it for him. <laughs> this shouldn't, I don't know. Like, it's not that big of a deal to loosen the nut. You stop right now. Like, it is. You don't have to. You don't have, like, you don't have to crank it down. That have hard. you ever dropped your nut? Oh, a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always when I'm distracted and like not really using the, uh, the right technique. Yeah. You gotta put your finger through the nut and then stick it on the arbor so it can't fall wow. off. Yeah. You know, put your finger through that nut. Gotta cup the nut. Extend the shaft a little no. bit with your God. finger. This is out of control. What are you doing? Slide it onto the arbor. This is a family shaft. show, man. What are you doing? Gonna get us I'm a doing all kinds of things over explicit here. Explicit rating over here. Uh, yeah, I, look, I, I try to be careful when I take the Arbor nut off, but I have dropped it. I would probably say four or five times in my career enough to be annoyed by it when it happens. Cause it's just not a problem for Matt. Okay. That's fine. I don't, it's dropping the nut. 
wasn't that big of a deal until I got a soft stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Because the soft stop's got that stupid shroud that makes the dust collection right there at the blade. So if you drop the nut, it's going down into the dust collection tube. Yep. You got to connect and then you it from the outside. Take it up, say, unhook it from your dust collection system mm -hmm. and dig it out the back. And then you got this. Then you got your hand shoved in this port in the back all the way up to your elbow. Mm -hmm. Get in there. You know, really get in there. You know how it goes. Sure. Okay. I feel like I need one of those big old cow gloves. <laughs> for, God. <laughs> yeah. Pulling out the poop. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know the ones like ones that go up to your, your shoulder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got to get in there sometimes and yank it out. Got to free up a clog. It's just what you got to do. It's life on a farm, I guess. Um, go feel the manure, you know, see how it's cooking. That's great. I don't know. Well, Where yeah. did this show go? It's like went off the deep end. This is what happens. It's a Sunday night. None of us like, wanted to I be here. Like That's need the to problem. Bring is that, is that what it is? I feel like we need to bring Ann Briggs on now to comment. If I have to be here, I'm going to say some stupid things. Yeah. I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth as much as possible. Oh, man. Well, you know what? If it's anybody so is, uh, if anybody wants to design, um, I'm all for it. I'm all for something that makes it a little bit faster. And then I could, you know, refine my blade usage and actually not have to just kind of go with the same blade because I'm too lazy to change it. So I'm all for this personally. I like the the usual method of just having more saws, <laughs> multiple <laughs> saws. You go. No, you got I enough. Uh, the, you got the square footage trick, for right? it. Go for it. I actually, I should do that. I like swap them out. I bring them into the shop with the forklift. And then yeah, swap out the saws every time. <laughs> That's so much faster you, than changing blades. I think you need to saw. build another barn, a table saw barn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I keep the, the table saws. Would you actually Let's do that? Swap them out. Let's say you had the space. Let's say you had the budget, and you get maybe three saws. It really would be tempting to have like one for rips, one for cross cuts, one for dados. That'd be kind of nice. Sure. Yes. And because those are all like different setups of the saw too. Right. Different accessories like being used once, with them. One saw would have like this, like a sliding table mm -hmm. or a cross cut sled on it at all times. And the other one would just have like, it could even just have like um, a power feed for ripping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at that point, it's got a straight line rip saw. Yeah, there's other better solutions. I, mean, I was going right? to say, yeah. And sliders. Yeah. What, what, what you're talking about saw. is a professional mill workshop because that's what they all have. They all have four yeah. and five table saws yeah. set up for specific reasons and they never get changed. Right. It's the same setting all the time. Okay. Hmm. Well, good good talk. Good talk, guys. Well, <laughs> this, is, this was good. I don't know if we got anywhere with this, but good talk. <laughs> Those were questions and we answered them. Okay, well, family-owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high-quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler is everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK to receive free shipping on most orders over $49. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card. That's that's quality, quality Rockler money right there. It is. Nothing's it's the best. It's blue even. Please send us some questions, folks. If we didn't have your questions, we would have nothing to ramble on about in this show. So I don't know you do that. that. I don't right. know. Probably yeah. could. We're pretty talented. Right. We could. We'd come, come up with something. something. Put, it, put it this way. You don't want us to ramble on about <laughs> We can talk about content creation. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> 
you, you really wouldn't like the show if there wasn't at least some sort of guidance, and there probably wouldn't be any woodworking talk anymore unless you sent in your woodworking questions. So please keep doing that. Go to woodtalkshow.com, fill out the form, hit us up on Instagram, where you can find us there at woodtalkshow, or email us at woodtalkshow at gmail.com and ask your question. And you know, if you're over on Instagram, all three of us have our own Instagram accounts too. You can find us there at, at Matt Kimona, at Wood Whisperer, and at Renaissance Woodworker. So uh, yeah, also, you know, at Wood Talk Show. But but that's Margaret. So that's not thanks, even Margaret. We got nothing to do with yeah. that. We got <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with that. that. May look the like crazy it. that happens there is all Margaret, and we appreciate her for it. Yes, she's the best. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Now. Goodbye.